Hello and welcome to the podcast. Today we are live at Humber Tech Expo. And I'm joined by Tim Shaw, who's the CEO of KCOM, one of the biggest and most successful companies in the region. We talked to Tim about his career today. We talked about the future of KCOM and more importantly, we talked about why Hull is the only city in the UK with white telephone boxes. As usual, please support us. Please like, subscribe, share the content. We do appreciate your help. And with all that said, welcome to tomorrow's workplace today. Welcome to Tim Shaw, uh, CEO of KCOM. So do you want to just give us a bit of a background of who you are, what you do? Yeah, so uh, Tim Shaw, so I've uh, been at KCOM now four years, um, worked in telecoms pretty much all my career from university, uh, engineer at heart, so did engineering management, uh, more mechanical and then into electrical and then into management and then kind of my career's gone from fixed to mobile, mobile back to fixed and, and so always been around connecting people to technology um which i think you know is we've seen over the last few years make such a difference to people's lives and it's a chance now i think get the right connectivity in place the opportunities are endless really um and, and that, that's exciting to watch so so be part of it obviously kcom well-known famous business around hull yeah. so we, we do have a few listeners watches outside of hull so yeah, for yeah, those yeah, people yeah. could you just explain what kcom is what what you guys do yeah, so uh, created in 1904, so one of the oldest telecom companies in the UK. Um, we uh, the, the history of KCOM, uh, obviously it was originally run by the, the council. All the telephone lines were run by the council and whole city council were the only council that decided to run it themselves when the government decided to bring it all together. Typical um, hull. Typical yeah. hull. I think they can do it better, which, <laughs> yeah. which we have done and we've proven that all the way through for the last 120 years, which is great. Um, but yeah, so, so that's how that's how KCOM was, was originally, the inception was created from that run at the council when all the other councils then formed together, which eventually became BT. So okay. from a UK perspective, we are the, the outsider the, with the, that we can do it better ourselves. And I think we've just proved that over the years, right? We're first city to roll out fibre, First city to do voice with digital switching, first city with broadband in, in terms of the old le- legacy technology. So we have followed that through, as you said, we can mm. do it better and we proved that all the way through. Um, and I, th- I think we've given the city something that, that no one else would have given it, if I'm honest. I agree. Uh, explain the white phone boxes. Because anybody arriving in Hull will be surprised to see you've got white telephone boxes. Well, we've got to be different, right? It goes back to your original <laughs> comment, right? It, it stands us out, right? We want to be seen as being different and not the same as everywhere else. And I think it's an iconic thing that you look at, right? And it's a massive part of our history and people still re- represent that today, that, that, that we're, we're slightly different. And we're, as we build out our network further outside of Hull, which we're doing now, mm. is how do we bring that same kind of connection to the community and the idea of something unique people can relate to that, that proves their area is slightly different to the rest of the UK, which yeah. we think customers like that. Absolutely. So, what they get. So, so regionally then, where do you cover currently? Um, so, so the, the whole city of Hull, um, yep. all the way up to Beverley as well, and surrounding villages. Okay. Um, this last year, we went the other side of the Humber, so we've done Brig and, and a lot of North Lincolnshire. We've got about twenty six thousand homes in North Lincolnshire, uh, and the announcement now we were going a bit further, so all the way up to East Riding and covering a lot more of the smaller rural areas across East Riding, and further down into North Lincolnshire at the top half of Lincolnshire. So, if you kind of take Hull as a centre and it remain really core to our business, we've kind of gone north and south. Yeah, in terms of where we want to roll our network out from, and, and really just take that connectivity out in waves as we go out a bit further each time. And that, that's rolling out proper super fast fiber, super network. fast full, full fiber network as we've done here. Um, really giving areas that haven't had the benefits of full fiber, especially that two years ago we all got locked in a home um, and without connectivity, yeah. um, you couldn't operate, you couldn't teach your children 
you couldn't you couldn't do anything. And last question from me, yeah, before I know it's Neil. Yeah. Uh, when are you get to North Cave? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's on our list. It's Is in it? the next twelve months. Yes, excellent. Good stuff. I was going to say that when you put look at the map, the holes obviously in the center. There's so much sort of like you say arable farmland and, and countryside and things yeah. like that. that must be a challenge then and then in terms of trying to roll it out and obviously connect fiber yeah. to boxes it, 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 it's yeah. a very it's a challenge and i think you know getting there is, is a lot of work a lot of digging up roads which obviously a lot of people driving around get very frustrated with and i understand that um but but that's our focus I, we, we think if you can get those to those areas just from an overall region perspective you know if we can get more people to move into the region because of the connectivity, that, that will create more jobs. It will create more investment in, in education and other areas. So while you can't directly link it, you can really show, and we've done some studies to show that, the fibre network can bring a lot of investment into the region. You know, A lot of companies will start here because of the connectivity. And the difference is, is correct me if I'm wrong, the fibre goes directly to the home? Directly to into the home, yeah. yeah. So so you'll be able to get speeds, it, whereas copper... Is, is a kind of material that will, will lose speed as you go. So, you know, it generally loses speed. Glass, which obviously is underneath, within the fibre cable is a glass. It's the speed of light. So you can you can see now, going forward, the infrastructure, you just need to upgrade the equipment on each end of that right, glass yeah. because right. obviously the speed of light is an infinite speed. So mm. what it becomes is we've now got the infrastructure that we're reliant on big tech companies to build the capabilities each end to be able to keep pushing speeds instead of it having to dig up the roads over and over again. Yes. The glass is there, therefore it can sustain everything we we, uh, we can see for the next So you future-proofed years. it then in that regard, put the infrastructure in place and like you say, it's the tech then catching tech up. on the end. Yeah. Yes. So, so I mean, whereas copper now it became, you had to make this big jump, you know, hence that, you know, the, the build across the whole of the UK, you know, if you like, likes of BT, City, other, other builders, you know, the, they're having to replace what's in the ground with, with, with fibre as we are doing, but on a national basis. And how, how far ahead are you of the rest of the country? And so is, is the rest of the country mainly copper or? Yeah, yeah, I think if you look at, so I think we're, we're 97%, every 97% of homes and businesses in Hull and our regions can get access to full fibre. Uh, we're still by far 10, 20% ahead of most other cities. So as yeah. a city of Hull, we are miles ahead in terms of the connectivity we can offer. Unbelievable. So, what's the what's the strategy for KCOM then? Without giving too much away, what's what's the next three years look like for you as a business? Um, so, so kind of three three areas. One is is more connectivity. Yeah, we we can see that core to our business. It's something we've done for since nineteen oh four. We know how to do it well, and we're focusing on that. Um, upgrading our network. So today we offer speeds up to nine hundred meg to a gig. Uh, we're just now in the next three years going to upgrade our network to be able to offer speeds of 10 gigs, so 10 times faster, yeah. Um, yeah. Which, which comes to the point the glass doesn't change, it's the kit on the well, end. Okay. So, yeah, so there's yeah. no more digging or any more infrastructure in the ground. It's really upgrading the electronics in our buildings. You know, They're lower power but higher speed. So given given where we are from a kind of power perspective and yeah. cost, that there's some benefit to us in terms of cost, but we can see huge opportunity for businesses mainly first yeah. that want faster speeds and then eventually the consumers will with... VR, metaverse, whatever else is coming down the road in the next five five years, you will need speeds to that. All right, we can't see it yet, but I'm pretty sure as everyone is. And then the final bit is around inclusion. I think you know where we are um, in terms of people that don't always have access to the technology that, that we all, that many of us live and breathe every day and, mm. and kind of become a bit used to. There's many people in, in our region that don't, um, and so digital inclusion is a big part of our strategy for the next three years. And how do we make sure when we roll out, everyone is connected and everyone can benefit from it in, in whatever way that is? Is that through like libraries or public spaces or libraries, public spacing? We, we've got we we do a lot of support with charities. We we pledged half a million pounds over the next right. three years to those charities. Uh, we've got a big volunteering program across the team. So a lot of our engineers, our our, our teams will go out, work with schools, work with charities. 
uh, do a lot with sport. We can see sport. We do a lot of partnerships here at the football club okay. and at rugby in the city <coughs> about bringing people, making them aware. I mean, I, we were talking about cyber earlier. I think how we not only get people connected, but but make them aware of, of the potential pitfalls and, and dangers yeah. of the internet. Uh, but do that from a young age. Train, you know, educate people from a young age all the way through. So as and when they come out, they're, they're fully prepared for what they need to do in the digital world. You mentioned the metaverse. Has, has Kiercom got a, a presence within the metaverse yet? Not yet, no. We're just <laughs> making sure as, as, as it goes, yeah. everyone can get everyone in this region can get access to it because it, it could go mad. It could it could just yeah. fizzle away, right? And it's, it's one of those that we don't know. But we do know in the way it will grow, the amount of data people will need to be able to process quickly will massively be where we will be looked upon to say, make it work. Right? Is, that, is that is that growing exponentially? And is it, do you expect it to carry on at growing exponentially? Or is it going to get to a point where you think actually we're at X gig and that's fine, that's going to see us through for the next 100 years? Everyone said that 10 years ago, that it will stop. But mm. I, I would say every year it's 40% higher. Really? Um, and, and, and we went into COVID, we saw, if I go back pre-COVID to now, we're about 200% up on usage. Right, wow. across our network and is um, that more people consuming the likes of netflix or youtube or just or have you found it the other way where people are creating content like this and posting more you see i'd just say it's all of it, I, it all, I, I yeah. think content plays a big part i think yeah. netflix and you know and there's netflix disney plus amazon mm. you know the, the ability to watch it you know you watch it, uh, rugby football live on amazon yeah, you yeah. can see the yeah. spike now so live as live content becomes more through these big tech companies the reliance the pure delivery is through through networks like ours um, and our, our patience for content is, is massively reduced, especially you want it being now, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Everyone, wants, everyone wants everything now, right? So, so the investments we're making is to make sure future proofing that, that that content is there. Because we do see that if I look at what Amazon are doing at the, at the weekend on Rugby Union, you know, they are slowly making their way into content and live content and then being able to repeat that over and over again, you know. Um, I think that will drive a lot of different different behaviours that we're used to. And, and do you engage with local businesses to understand what their strategy is in terms of and how you can support them from an infrastructure perspective? Absolutely. And I, I think you know, earlier today we were talking with one of our partners, Gosh Shorts, as a lawyer in, mm. in, in here in Hull, um, big, big, big employer. Um, and, you know, we've taken that worry away from them. So, you know, when they hit COVID and had to we'll work from home, all their employees had full fiber. They, they could just run their business because we took that worry of connectivity away from them yeah. and they could just innovate on top. And, and I think that's where... You know, I see us playing the biggest part moving forward is we, we, we don't want people worrying about how they're going to connect, how much data they're using, but put all the focus on how do you do, do better yeah. with the technology we've got. Yeah. It, it must be unusual because you, you've got, I don't know if monopoly is the right word, but you've got a bit of a monopoly in the kind of local area, haven't you? So uh, from a private, private business perspective, how do you handle that? How does that play into your strategy? Um, we've, we've got wholesale business, so so we, we wholesale our network. So okay. so any we've got 160 partners that that buy services from us and will resell them re, to retail market okay. through a different name. You know, BT use our network. Um, Nasdaq, which is a company UK wide, um, there's 160 businesses that resell, and that's both business and consumer. Right. So okay. so so th those prices are all aligned to to open reach from a UK market perspective. So you know, while I think people. People say monopoly. I think there is a there's a really strong growing business in terms of our wholesale, um, which which enables other people to leverage our network moving forward, which is which is a key part of our strategy moving forward in terms of, you know, we, choice and innovation is great. Right? I think mm -hmm. people need to see that coming through, and and everything's there for other people to work with us at a wholesale level to make that happen. Yeah, and the retailers can differentiate themselves in their own a kind of way. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. branding speeds. Uh, they have access to our core products, which then they can innovate on top from a sales market positioning and price themselves. Yeah.
And have you got involved in terms of the, I know there's been a big shift to sort of EV marketplace and things like that, but everything seems to be connected nowadays. You've got yeah. internet of things, you've got smart cities and all this type of stuff. But I see more and more, I suppose, cities are investing in, in the EV all that's got to be connected, hasn't it? So Absolutely, yeah. Connected. So we've done a lot of work with EV companies yeah. to understand as, as cars charges. Uh, we've got some pilot projects with, as we're digging up mm. for, for our fibre, what EV infrastructure could follow in at the same time. So, you know, we're mm. not digging up streets or two businesses aren't digging up streets at the same time. Mm. Um, and that they're all things that we've been seeing pilots in London and other cities where fibre providers provide the, the ducting infrastructure and then EV comes in on top. Um, However, the requirements on fiber versus electric cables is very, very different, um, and there's more green boxes required. So, so we're in a pilot stage, but but absolutely, our work is a: how do we make sure when cars are plugged in, they've got the connectivity they need, whether yes. that's fixed or, or mobile. Clearly, we, we can support that as well. But but more importantly, how do you how do you solve the disruption of if we've dug a street or an area? Mm. How do, how do we future proof that? Mm. And, and we have done some trials in some of the villages we've done where. We put chargers in 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 the village hall, you know, in community spaces, mm. just to test that that logic. Um, it, it, but it is it just it's the regulation around power and and making sure it's safe and it's got to be a lot deeper. So so there are other kind of technical constraints that we're trying to figure out. Okay, and do you see the business diversifying at all in terms of technology? Are you very much an infrastructure business at the minute? Yeah, is that, I, I, is that the focus? I think that while we're big here, I think to to kind of distract ourselves trying to diversify into too many markets, I think. We, we, we've learned that you've got to be good, be good at what you're good at, right? Mm. And, and focus on it. And I think that I think the market of connectivity in this region is is our focus. Um, I think moving to that, we, there's enough other providers that we're partnering with that I think can come in and innovate quicker without the with, with more focus and what they what they're good at as well. And it's yeah. about partnerships. I say I don't. I think us trying to think we can be one everything to everybody. Mm. I don't. I don't think that's the brand we have. Um, but I think we can be partnering with a lot of different businesses that can operate in that space and moving forward. Be focused. Yeah, because yes. exactly. there's a lot of obviously manufacturers locally that are, yeah, they're upgrading their own internal Wi-Fi's, they're, they're putting internet of things and sensors on all the production lines, all this type of stuff. Obviously you're gonna work on getting the connection and the fiber to the premises and Correct. and then others will be able to take it. And it works with us, right? But, yeah. but, but we don't have the brand or confidence to go and say we can deploy an IoT solution. Mm. Right? Someone else does, but how do we partner with them so we go yeah. together? Yeah. And actually, you, you both focus, so they don't need to worry about connectivity, and we don't need to worry about what they, because it's a very different market, as you say. Yeah. There's, there's mixed together. technologies, there's fixed and mobile can play a part in that. And that they know what they're doing, we know what we're doing, and, and, and we're looking at how do you build those partnerships more than diversifying ourselves. Yeah. The question so, so the podcast is called Tomorrow's Workplace Today. So we tried to kind of cast our mind forward and say, 10 years time, what does the world look like? What does the workplace look like? Yeah. So this is where everyone stares blankly at me. But mm -hmm. what, what do you think the workplace of 10 years looks like? It's a great question. I think that I, I think it will become somewhere where people pop in and out. Okay. Uh, I think you know we, we've made some investments in our office to create that open space that, where people can come in, do what I need to do, whether that's in our office or in a coffee shop or somewhere else. You know we've upgraded all our laptops to be able to ones that are much more kind of standard and therefore can come in and out much better security because obviously people are working more remotely. So I I think we'll see that trend just just accelerate where people like coming into an office because they like social invite, social yeah. contact, but they also want their own space when they need it. And, and I think tech jobs as they grow are generally those that like a bit of quiet time. So if you're coding or yeah. you just want to get away from it, it's very much part of the ethos and the, the culture of tech jobs, but they know they only get innovation by working in huddles and working in groups. So so I can see, you know, we, we call it agile, which is such an overused word, but that space where you can come in, 
create, co-create with everybody and then go and sit in a corner and, and, and work and get what you need to done and then go go to the gym and go and do yeah. something else, right? Because I think I think that that change. Um, and the social side of work will change. You know, when I when I was through my career, it has been you know, I worked in London for a bit and other cities, it was always about going to work up to a drink after work. And and I think that will change. I think drink isn't such a you know, health has become such a bigger focus, especially for the younger generation. Absolutely. Which is great, right? Because when I grew up, you know, I see more people going to the gym at that age and, and so therefore it becomes a social side of work. What clubs can you offer? How do you create a social network at work, but isn't based around the, the things that all of us grew up with. And yeah. You might be answering this question now, but talent is a big thing that we talk about a lot, particularly yeah. you know, today even. So how are you finding that you know, recruitment, finding great talent, recruiting great talent, retaining great talent? What are you doing to um, I, I, th- I think having a clear vision and where you want to take the business attracts people to it, definitely. Yeah. And I think now, I think KCOM's gone through its, its bumpy patches over the last three or four years. It now knows where we want to be and what we're focusing on. I think hybrid working is, is, is a must now, you know, the ability to, to offer flexibility um, um, and, and therefore that, that, that means people can look at different jobs and then we, ha- we then have the rest of the UK to look at in terms of where talent is. Um, we invest heavily in the UTC to Ron Deering and, and you know, we work closely with, with Hull College here today. Now, how do we bring those apprentices through? How do we make sure that we don't forever just look outside a Hull for, for talent in terms of jobs, but invest in, in the, the kind of apprentices? So. We're looking at bringing 10, 20 apprentices through the business every year. So we keep that investment in local jobs uh, for, for a local business, but recognise some of the skills we need aren't here yet. Yeah. Uh, and, and therefore we get the best of both worlds. And, and what, I think that will just continue. What type of roles are you recruiting then for, the, for that apprenticeship role? Are they pe- pe- field engineers, so software some, developers? So field engineers, software developers, cyber engineers, yeah. you know, basically across everything that we do, we're, we're looking to bring those people in and all the way through to product, to sales and, and everything else. So, so we're looking at now, we're, we're pursuing, Previously, we kind of focused on field engineering. Yeah. We're now going across the full spectrum of our key disciplines across the business, both from our retail front end all the way back through to our engineering jobs. Amazing. So how long have you been at KCOM? Sorry. Four years. Okay. And before then, you were... At BT. BT. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess one of the things I'm always keen to ask people that have obviously had successful careers is if you could speak to yourself 20 years ago, what what advice would you give yourself back then? Oh, um it's a great question. I, I, I always talk to my son about it. I think, you know, always ask the question and, and, and be innovative, right? I think I've never stopped in terms of asking questions why. I think why is the most underused word sometimes? Mm. Uh, why is that like that? Why do you think like that? You know, help me understand why you think like that. And I think mm. if, if I go back, I could have asked that earlier in my career and I would have learned a lot more quicker, right? And I think that appetite for learning is, is the key bit, right? And always be open-minded. I think too many people come into roles thinking they know the answer without really understanding a what you're trying to do and what other people think and therefore you can make mistakes and i aim like yourself and kind of leave yourself a bit isolated i think there's things i've done in my career where you, you kind of blazed straight in i know the answer to this and then you end up really mm, maybe i didn't <laughs> uh, actually if i only asked those questions a bit earlier I, I would have i would have probably ended up succeeding but maybe slightly different and actually took everyone with me yeah. not necessarily pulling everyone with me so, so, love it great answer on that note I think we'll leave it there brilliant, brilliant. Tim thank nice you one. thank you for joining right. us really, Thanks appreciate, very much. It. really appreciate it appreciate it cheers guys <laughs>